Welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissonant thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Catsaurus, broadcasting to you live from the shadow of Hurricane Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my percussively proficient co-host, calling in all the way from Charm City, Mr. Odell Norman. Odell, what's up? What's going on? What's going on? Not bad, considering I'm pretty fucking buzzed tonight. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to be really buzzed tomorrow. <laughs> right? It's been a crazy day, dude. There's been a lot going on in um, Standing Rock. Let me get D in here real quick. Of course, always lurking in the shadow, like um, Vidal Sassoon. If she, you know, she doesn't look good, we don't look good. Making <laughs> right. us sound pretty. D, like the Maven producer, cute. domestic diva, Whatever. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I'm here, <laughs> How man. many things are you now? You have so many titles, I can't keep them straight. I, you know what? I just said I don't care about anything else. I just go and I do just my D. really cool job. And, uh, yeah. Now, I, I am getting much more involved in my uh, Instagram because, I, I don't know, I just, I feel like it, and it's a lot of fun, and I take pictures of everything I eat. I'm one of those. But it's a way to hold me accountable. Obnoxious. So. Oh, you're a foodie. Oh, well, foodie. it's a really good way to keep me <laughs> accountable. Like, Yeah, we you, got lots of big plans coming yeah. up. We need to get in shape. We need to get our middle-aged asses in shape. Hey, <laughs> speak for yourself. I'm not middle-aged. <laughs> what, what is this? Middle-aged over 40? Yes. Yes, oh, okay. Great. Well, you got a couple years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I always date younger women because you know, if I, I always have to date somebody at least like six or seven years younger than me. Because I walk up to somebody my age and I'm like, "Hi, I'm Nick. I'm into punk rock, and I have a radio." Sh-. Yeah. Just take that shit and shove it right up your ass, pal. And keep on. <laughs> They're going. like, okay. I'm That's younger right. than you, and it's still harder. For Somebody's me. got fucking Peter Pan Arrested Development syndrome. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just really hard sometimes for me to keep up with you, let alone somebody who's older than me. I mean, shit, I can't even imagine. Um, anyway, we've got lots and lots of cool stuff coming up. Can I interject real quick? Yes. I, if I sound a little bit off kilter, I've been drinking all day. Um, not all day, but for the last few hours. Uh, like, I don't know why, but I take things against the network more personal than attacks against me. Maybe because it's my baby mm-hmm. and I'm protective of Odell and you and Fern. But there's a rumor going around now that we are fake news. And we're not so, news. What? No. So, so some people <laughs> might not believe that our guest tonight is real. I don't know what fake news means for a network that doesn't even really do news. Right? Yeah, yeah. But Tim I mean, Camp Media apparently is fake news now. We're, like, we are so fake news. Yeah. That's what oh, you yeah. say to anybody you don't like. You're fake. Yeah. Uh, that's the word. That's the new word now. That's, that's it. 
That's the new slander. And on top of this, the stuff going on in Standing Rock is a fucking disaster. I was just actually talking with Margo, Margo Kidder, and I'm not trying to name drop. Um, right. I'm bringing this up because I was talking to her and, and she was like, Hey, like she was asking on her page to share the videos because what's going on out there is really tragic. And I know yeah. Lisa's been really good about, um, talking about it. And some of our friends like Rachel and Jessica have been really good about like really putting the information out there. And it is a fucking nightmare. I mean, they just yep. like shot somebody. They broke some, like this old guy's ribs and his wrist. I mean, it's the police action out there is really aggressive. And I, I almost feel like we're in a third world country watching some of this stuff unfold like five states away. It's a, it's a, it's a bad, it, it feels like a bad movie, man. It feels like, I, 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 and it's funny because I remember making that analogy a while ago and, and pretty much anybody that you talk to right now with the situations that are just going on in this country, not a lot, you know, and even in the world because you know, what goes on here has a really big impact on the rest of the world. Absolutely. And, and and it's one of those things where it feels like it's a bad movie. Like like, I'm waiting for, uh, you know, like Jack Ryan or somebody to come down and and, and stop the madness because there's there's like, there's something going on. Like, don't you? What's that? I said, I still feel like I'm getting punked. Don't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm waiting for the, I'm waiting for, I'm, I'm seriously waiting for President Obama to pop out and be like, ha ha. You know what happened if I'm not in office? This is my third term, ha. Yeah. Or like, smile, you're on candid camera. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, but that's how, that's how I feel. Like, this is, if the start is this bad, I can't imagine what the finish is going to be. That's the thing. That's the scary thing. Like, the, the start is so atrocious that I do not, it's to the point now, like you're saying, with you know, with, with people that are calling whatever fake news. It's almost like don't listen to them, don't listen to them, don't listen to them. They don't know what they're talking about, even though these people have been doing this all their life. And 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 That's and, and, and it, propagandist like fascist shit, right? To just say hey, yeah. every, every poll is fake news, everything that does agree, and then you get the people whipped up to the point where they're calling us fake news now. Yeah, yep. yeah, and and the sad thing is, is that. It's not, it's affecting everybody and I, and it's an eye opener because when you have outlets that, I, I, you know, I would hate to say, but we're sort of fake news-ish, <laughs> you like know. Like Alex we're, Jones, because he's straight up bullshit. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. But like, when you look at like Fox News and you look at the journalists there who are coming out and but they're like, how Fox News is legally and not allowed to call themselves a news network anymore. So you're not talking out of school by saying that they're not real news. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. But you got, you, yeah, but you got guys on there that like, for example, Chris Matthews who comes on, he, you know, comes on Sunday, you know, his dad is, is a, uh, is a legend and, and, um, and, and he's well regarded. And when you start calling out media, like, who was the guy? Uh, Shepard Smith the other day went off. Like, yep, on you know, yeah, it was like, watch yourself, dude, because you're about Milo up, too. And yeah, like, you're where sitting, are these people's lines? If Milo is okay talking about, I learned how to blow people for my priest, so I owe him a great, like a debt of gratitude. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, and and you're inviting these people to speak at your at your retreats and at your conventions. Yeah, and, it's and, and yeah, and the only reason that that you know that they had to withdraw or excuse him was because of the outrage. It wasn't because of him. It was because of the actions and the videos and things that have been found. And, and it's a scary and thing. And of course they said that was fake news and Joe Reagan is fake news. And yeah. anyways, all right, we're going way down the political route. Yeah. Let's <laughs> yeah, back on track. Let's bring it back. Bring it back. Um, <laughs> D, do I have to call you Fern since everybody keeps calling Fern D? Oh my God. I know. Right. It's, I, uh... <laughs> Like, uh, D, can you give us a quick rundown of who's coming on the show? Absolutely. So this Sunday, we have got Todd Newton from Whammy and the Price is Right Roadshow. And that's going to be super awesome to talk to him. And then uh, the next Sunday, we have Tony McFarr, who is Chris Pratt's stunt double. And obviously a really super brave guy and talented guy. And what's going on with Fiona? Because I know we've been back and forth with her. Uh, I, I don't know. 
I reached out to her people today. Yeah. I know she's still in, um, I don't know if it's Iceland or Finland. I forget. Um, she had wrote me directly and was like, hey, I'm still in somewhere. I think it was Finland. Yeah. We're, um, we're filming. I'm on set with um, Colda Chucky. But reach out to my assistant and let's get something set up. And I don't know what the back and forth has been. This is no, of no fault of Fiona's. I think that just doing this movie has kind of thrown her off schedule-wise. Yeah. So right, we're going right. to have her on, hoping in April. I said, hey, I don't want to try to shove this in last minute. Let's just reschedule for April. So once again, not fake news. We are having Fiona from um, Dirk Gently on. It's just we're having problems doing the schedule because filming, I guess, is going on longer than she's expected on Cold of Chuck. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, that's totally understandable. And that happens in our industry. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. And then we have got the Larry, Daryl, and Daryl reunion show for all you New Heart fans. Oh, yeah. Yes. And that's going to be super duper <laughs> Are we fun. called New Heartophiles? Uh, no. No. <laughs> that's a little scary. Um, and then we've <laughs> Not got in a bad way. Files no. could be like a good thing, too, right? Of course. Like Bibliophile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, okay. The next uh, episode of Musical Osmosis, we have Buick Audra of Friendship Commanders coming on. Dude, have you been seeing the stuff that Buick's been doing? She's actually in Nashville. She was in Nashville just recently protesting. No. She yeah. is an activist and a half, man. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I have a lot of respect for her, dude. I can't wait to mix it up with her. That is very cool. And then um, the first weekend in April, we're going to have our buddy Paul Goebel is coming back. And we're going to have John Lear on our 51st episode of Kettle of Fish and he will be talking about what it's like to be turning 51 because, you know, that only happens once in your life anyway. Uh, and then towards the end of April, we are having Reformed Whores on because at the end of April is April's birthday party. And we're going to have we're, we're going to see them there because they're going to play and it's going to be super awesome. Because, you know, it's an April party. Yeah, I'm glad that we're having Reformed Whores play and some comedians, like some of our comedian friends we've met through the show, like Allison, are coming down. Yeah, and I'm this just is glad. really exciting, man. I love these people. Yeah. I can't wait to, like, hang out and drink a beer with I'm them. just totally super excited to go to an April party because ain't no party <laughs> like an April Gomez party. And yeah, I don't even know if it qualifies as a party more than, a like, it's a life experience. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. It's like Burning Man <laughs> in a day. I got you. Like, you, you don't know Burning Man until you've been to Burning Man. Like, nobody can explain it. You don't know By the way, uh, Paul Goebbels going to be on the funny thing about politics. Yes. The same day oh, nice. is going to be on Kettle of Fish. Yes. Awesome. Implied but not stated. Yes, that's correct. Implied but not how SATs of you. Yes. <laughs> yes. So. All right. Oh, Anything and tonight, else? here very, very soon, um, we are going to have Alex Cuervo from the Hex Dispensers, who is the band that everybody heard at the beginning of the show who i've heard about five thousand times in the last week or so and don't hate so that's always good no i, I like them i think they're pretty cool tell me hex dispensers do not remind you of like the band like you remember the old dragnet episodes where like the kids yeah. would put the record on and everybody like a party <laughs> back then was like a record listening party and everybody's dancing by the pool like doing like the shake like do 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 like all those cheese yeah. dances and then like the detectives come in and you hear the needle scratch it's like, all right, kids, we're looking for Johnny Fredericks. Like, that reminds me of that music. <laughs> the old drag, yeah, Dragnet. They are, they are good. They, I, I really enjoy it because um, very uh, remind me of uh, like the Misfits, Ramones type yeah. of feel. But with that, well, Yeah, but with that Texas sound to it, which is, um, if you've ever been down there and listened to music that, come out, that comes out of there, it's just. It's, uh, you know, Murder City Devil. I mean, all, all kinds of bands that have come out of that area have that unique, you know, they come from Texas sound and, um, and make it their own. So I, I really, I really enjoy that. Isn't it uh, weird how, like, and I, and this is something with punk. I don't think you find in other genres. And you could correct me if you've got, if you think I'm wrong or have a different opinion, but mm -hmm. a veil sounds like Richmond. Screeching yeah. Weasel sounds like Chicago. The Riverdale yeah. sound like Chicago. The Vindictive sound like Chicago. And yeah. uh, we've had a lot of Chicago bands on. And um, it's always like the same thing. Like these guys sound like the city they're from. Yeah, yeah. I'm I sorry. Mean, you, can, you, can, you can do it. You can do it in the, uh, you know, you put up, you put on bands from D.C. And, 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 and the sound, you're like, yeah, that's a D.C. band. You can tell. Or even, even, even outside of punk, if you listen to like bands like um, just, like uh, the, like Smashing Pumpkins or Hum, 
where it's like heavy distortion and a lot of noise. You're like, yeah, that band came from Illinois or the Midwest area, you know, like, like the Braids and, and the uh, Hey Mercedes and all those kind of bands like that. They all have that sound where you're like, they're from the Midwest. I know they're from the Midwest. And they somewhere. have that vibe. I mean, we've done a, we've yeah. gone to a lot of DC shows. Hell, we've played with a lot yeah. of DC bands. And you yeah. know what yeah. that feels like. Not what that sounds like, not what that looks like, but what that feels like what to play feel? yeah. in that circuit and play with those bands. Yeah, exactly. exactly. All right, we got Alex on the line. Let me give him a few minutes. Um, I want to hit this topic real quick, and then we'll get Alex in here. I want to okay. talk about the Grammys. Um, you had sent me some stuff about it. I did not watch full disclosure the Grammys myself. I'm not interested Neither. in award shows. I don't ever watch them. Mm-hmm. However, I did read about the highlights and I watched some of the performances like I always do. Same with the Super Bowl. I want to talk about the Metallica Lady Gaga performance. They played this song called Moth into Flames. I used to listen to Metallica up until like the Black Album back in my metalhead days of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it used to be a thing, right? Like when Steve um, Tyler came out and played with Run DMC, Walk This Way, or when that Judgment Night CD came out where you had like Biohazard playing with like Onyx. Onyx and all that, yeah, yeah. At this point, do you like it, like Lady Gaga and Metallica, do you like it when these two different genres kind of team up to reduce something like this? Or at this point, is it, after 20 years, is it just kind of gimmicky and not breaking any new ground? Um, well, I mean, you can only do so much. Um, I, I watched part of that performance. It was, it was sort of weird. The, the performance was, wasn't bad, but like, I, I think, um, James Hetfield's mic wasn't working for like half of it. So I couldn't hear him. Supposedly he lost his mind backstage. Cause I watched an interview with Lars Aldrich and he was like, dude, I haven't seen James this pissed off in 20 years. Yeah. So yeah. He fucking went off backstage. Yeah. Cause you, you could tell he was frustrated on stage. Um, you know, it, it, I guess it depends. Is I it think, played out, though? Well, I mean, it sort of is, but there's a lot of people that probably looked at it and were like, who, who are those old dudes with Lady Gaga? <laughs> oh, my God. So it, and besides it, that, know, it's for, Lady Gaga, so just, it, she's, I mm-hmm. love her. She's amazing. <laughs> so so from from that aspect, selling out, especially since Metallica is getting ready to go on tour again, and things are happening, you know, just to keep the, I guess, the vibe of them going. Could I'm, she I'm have not, done that with older material, like for who the bell tolls? Or did it have to be something new and driving, like the new Metal? I would have liked to see, like, a medley. That would have been pretty cool to have, like, yeah. maybe start uh, out with some old stuff and then bring the new stuff in. That's interesting. Um, but, you know, the Grammys, the Grammys is one of those things where they don't give you a lot of time. Uh, and it's so, it seems so corporate, which it, it is. I mean, when, when you have bands that come up there, like going to Bonnaroo, and there's like AT and T tents set up. Yeah, exactly. Now it's to the point now where festivals like that. I remember my sister went to Bonnaroo years ago, and um, you know it was, it was one of those things where you went and it was it was hot, it was dirty, it was it was really no, it, it, there wasn't there was a little buzz, but now you know like Bonnaroo and Coachella, all they show are like the you know the Hollywood people where trying to dress whatever way they want to dress to make themselves look cool quote-unquote or whatever and it's like okay it's it's to a point now and i think a lot of bands are actually getting away from that and and uh doing their own little festivals now um or putting them on especially some of these bands that have the 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 money to do that you're starting to see that where they're like you know what we're gonna bring in our own um people and uh yeah white history is constantly playing like this is incredible underground festival same with peg boy they're always playing like all this off the wall stuff yeah and uh, and those and a lot of those guys that came from you know that came from like Lollapalooza to the warp tour to you know a lot of those guys people that worked on it they branch out and they start their own stuff because uh look how crazy Lollapalooza got for a while there it got to the point where it's ironic i say this metallica played Lollapalooza and everybody's like okay all right it's done that's a done deal and then they dumped they dumped yeah, it back the down first one with like james um with jane's addiction it was like yeah what and in rollins band it was like what's yeah going on? and rage and all them came out there and it was it was that was crazy nine inch nails yeah and and, and um I think the la- I went to the last one I went to was in '95, but I think my favorite one was '94, and that had like and you just lost every millennial that was listening. Yeah, they're like, "What? Who's that?" But yeah, that one was crazy because that was when like a young Green Day was op- opened it, and uh, you know Nirvana was supposed to headline it, but of course Kurt Cobain had killed himself, so Smashing Pumpkins headlined it. 
but you had like Beastie Boys and Tribe Called Quest on the line of the Breeders. It was like all these crazy bands, and that was George Clinton and T Punk All Stars. That was just a phenomenal Dude, bands show. we never even heard of anymore, like Screaming Trees or Soul yeah, Asylum. Uh, all those kind of groups, man. But you know, it, it eventually it wears and it jumps the shark, if you will, and then it moves on. And now it's back in Chicago, and it's and it's doing its thing in Chicago. And it's a, it's a big time festival for. So I think that's one of the things that White Mystery wants to get on is, is to play Lollapalooza because it's in their hometown. Well, you know, and I agree with you on the mic issue because I went back and listened to the studio version of Moth in the Flame. And I was mm-hmm. like, I don't see the big deal. I mean, James Heffield went over with Lady Gaga and sung. I don't understand why the temper tantrum. It did not seem like the clusterfuck that it was in his own head, right? Right. But, he, I mean, if you've ever watched the uh, their documentary, you can see that... <laughs> <laughs> he has some things going on because uh, that was interesting. I that I don't know if you saw it was a handful of years ago. They put out a documentary. I remember that, when they did it, but I never had an oh, interest in watching it. it. Yeah, well, you got it's uh, it's it's wild. It's uh it's them talking to like therapists and all this stuff. It's well, he doesn't understand what I feel. I'm like, oh man, these old metalhead guys, man, that used to kick ass. Now they're like, you know, sitting in there crying about because. The drummer doesn't listen to the guitar like he should. And, well, and they also like that. threw that big um, to do over Napster too. If you were, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of par for the course with them. All right, let me hit this last point because Dave Mustaine came out um, to accept a reward for Megadeth, and they played house. Uh, they played Master of Puppets, the house band. Yeah. Played Master <laughs> of Puppets, right? And he's right. coming out, and they're playing a Metallica song, and he, a song he didn't have anything to do with. He was gone way before Master of Puppets. And <laughs> he went on Twitter, and he said, hey, you can't blame him for not playing Megadeth at the Grammys. And I was like, wow, what kind of, like, this just shows another way we live in an upside down, upside down world where Dave yeah. Mustang is being more cool-headed and level-headed than James Hetfield. Yeah, you where never thought you'd see that guy. Where he's more <laughs> level-headed. Because he would have gone going? off back in the day. Yeah, yeah. he would have gone off back in the day. But he's he's actually really. I've I've seen a, a few interviews with him over the last couple of years, and he's really sort of changed his tone, if you will, changed his attitude toward a lot of things. Obviously. And I think a lot. I, I think a lot he of times that, just, that like a prince, dude. Yeah, I think a lot of times it just comes with you know growing up in age too. It's just like you know why am I so bitter? Why when you actually sit back and look at what you have and what you've accomplished. And, and and life is so short now. I mean, it, I mean, even though we tend to we live longer, but it just seems like tragedy hits you well, know, so much. Well, like, hasn't thrown a tantrum like that in 20 years, can we just chalk it up to a bad night and say they've both grown? Let's not yeah. come down with the hammer too hard on Hetfield. No, no. I mean, he, you know, this is something for him as far as, okay, this is the Grammys. Millions of people are watching this. Um, but he got beaten yeah. out by Jethro Tull the first time they had a fucking metal category. So, I mean, oh, you yeah, know, oh God, if yeah. that's not a bad Grammy experience, I think you can get over <laughs> this, James. <laughs> Jethro Tull. <laughs> All right. I want to say one last thing. I want to give a big shout out to David Bowie. He won six Grammys for Black Star at the Grammys. Yes. And I just think that's incredible. Um, I know he's no longer with us, so wherever you are, David Bowie, I'm glad that they at least recognized you. Yep, definitely, definitely, because that album is phenomenal. I don't, uh, it, it's, it's so, op- it's, it's so eye-opening that somebody that knows he's, he's leaving this earth can put something out like that and, and, and realize and, and put that emotion into that. It's, it, it still blows my mind how, I don't, I, I can't fathom the thought process through now that. What, like, but 60? Well, how old was David Bowie when he died? Like in his early sixties, right? Yeah, three yeah. or something. Yeah, he was. I think he might have been, or maybe a little bit older. Yeah, but um, but that's the same way with like Leonard Cohen. Like he knew he yep. was passing away soon, and and his album. If you listen to that that album that he put out, it's like, wow, man, it's 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 amazing when you know mortality is looking you know looking you right in the eyes and what it opens. It's uh, it's amazing. But that's like um, I think it was Buchanan who locked himself in a cabin. He knew he was dying and he just locked himself in a cabin and wrote his memoirs for like two weeks straight. And then as soon as he like put the period on the last sentence, he fucking dropped dead. But he kept himself alive. It it was either Buchanan or Taylor. It was somebody in the early 1860s, uh, pre-Civil War, who Mm -hmm. did that. Anyways, all right. um, D's telling me I'm rambling, which I probably am. I had too many beers today. Let's get Alex Cuervo in here from the Hex Dispensers. What's up, Alex? Hey, how's it going, y'all? Hey, what's going on, man? 
Hey, so Alex, I wanted to start off with this because I ran, I, you know, I go through and I've said this before on the show. I go through YouTube and I'm always like trying to find new bands that turn me on. Ran across the Hex Dispenser somehow. Checked out all three of you guys' albums. Loved you. Play you incessantly to the point where Dee's ready to pull her fucking hair out. I'm always playing you guys. <laughs> like a dumbass. Because I'm always so busy doing other things, I didn't go too deeply into your background. I thought Hex Dispensers was kind of like your only thing going on. And then I did my research and I found out not also is Hex Dispensers not your only project. It's not really even your primary project. You've got your solo project. I hope I'm not butchering this name. Um, Estros, S, Estrostatic. Am I saying that correctly? <laughs> I'm sure I'm butchering it's, uh... the fuck out of it. It's pronounced as spectrostatic. Spectre, like specter, like a ghost, right? Yeah, like uh, ESP, spectrostatic. Spectrostatic, yeah. thanks. And you do <laughs> do a lot of music composition for movies. Yes. And stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Is it, do you do like being known for hex dispensers or if somebody says, like, I only know you for this, are you secretly in the back of your head, like, man, I wish you um, knew that I had my fingers in all these other musical pies? I mean, how do you kind of delineate all that in your head? I'm, I'm stoked if anybody's aware of anything I've done. I mean, that's, you know, that's awesome. That makes me really happy. But yeah, I mean, most of what I focus on now is the uh, film composition and spectrostatic is just an extension of that, really. It's, it's kind of just a way for me to, to try stuff out. But, uh, you know, I mean, I've, I'm older, so I've been at it for a really long time. There's a lot of people that know me from old bands I was in like 15, 20 years ago that aren't really into any of the stuff I'm doing now. That's cool too. Right on. So what kinds of, um, do you have any films that are coming up that you've been working on? Um, there's a, the first, so I've been doing, I, I do a lot of what I do professionally is advertising and like promotional related. But oh yeah. Cause it oh, films the bills, have, right? Films have, film, films have been what I've been wanting to do since I set out on this path. Uh, and the first feature film that I scored is called A Bad Idea Gone Wrong. And it's about to premiere at South by Southwest nice. in a couple nice. of weeks. Yeah. So that's super exciting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Very cool. That's, th- South by South, the movie portion, like my old band, we played there um, the first year that they started doing the movie, uh, the film portion of it. And that side of, of, of South by Southwest has grown like, tr- like tenfold. It's a, it's amazing. Yeah. The, um, the press that it gets just as much press, if not more than the music side of, of, of the of festival. You're absolutely right. It's grown, it's grown significantly over the, over the last, you know, 10 years or so. Wow. That is really cool. Um, do you have Thank anything you, yeah. that you're like this one you've done? Do you have anything else like lined up, or you may be working on another one, or you're trying I do, another yeah. one? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I've scored so I've scored another a very a micro budget kind of suspense film for an Austin filmmaker named Farrell Rose, and that uh, is he's kind of wrapping up the the final end of it. I guess he's going to submit it to uh, film festivals and stuff. And then I have a few. I've got. Uh, I can't really talk about any of them because none of them are, are done. But I have, yeah, a few already kind of uh, that I've been told that I'm I'm going to be hired for. So yeah, there's there's a lot more film work on the horizon. Really exciting. So let me ask oh, you this: this like purely fulfillment wise, do you like the collaborative process of doing something like the Hex Dispensers? And I know you've been in several bands, and we'll get into that in a few moments. Or do you like more of like the solo? I'm the captain of my own ship. And doing the stuff behind the scenes and doing more of the solo stuff. Well, Hex Dispensers, weirdly enough, was kind of the first of many bands that I've been in where I was kind of, it was kind of my show. And I was the primary songwriter and I, I basically was the, you know, the kind of, the, the, well, the main writer behind it. But everybody in the band, my wife, Elise, is the drummer in the Hex Dispensers. And we, she, uh, her and the other members that have come and gone throughout really help a lot as far as like arranging the songs and kind of making them uniquely hex dispensers i guess but everything pretty much start with me and this is new to me previous band i've been and this is the first time i did that uh and it's a cool way to work it's a, it's a really interesting way because the other band members kind of edit me and you know like like i you know my initial ideas into what they become um but solo stuff is solo stuff is kind of more terrifying because you can't really blame anybody else if it doesn't work you know <laughs> but yeah but film definitely. stuff Film stuff is kind of like, it's, it's a totally different thing. Yeah, sorry, we're driving from Austin back to our, our hometown of Taylor, and uh, 
kind of going through sand right now. All right, well, let's just, just kind of jump back in this. Um, I was listening to an interview, and it was a little while ago. Maybe I read this or I heard it. And you and the interviewer was talking about the dark undertones as far as the content of the hex dispensers. I never found you guys to be all that dark. Like I, when I think dark, I think of like, you know, some kind of like black metal out of Norway, <laughs> like Norwegian yeah. black metal, like Crucifix, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. They're not a well, not Crucifix, but you know what I'm saying. Like some very yeah, yeah. dark. I don't think of you guys as dark. In fact, I mean, you guys. Have almost to me, like I was saying earlier before you called in, like this campy, like when you watch Dragnet and all the kids are like dancing and boogieing and Dragnet comes in and like turns the record off. It's like, all right, you kids. Like you guys have a very relatable sound. I don't see you guys as like really a dark band. No, I think the reason people jump to that, kind of arrive at that is because a lot of the imagery uh, that we've used on, on, you know, graphically, it's yeah, that's spooky. true. You know, it's kind of, it leans towards kind of spooky and sci-fi kind of themes and stuff. It's not, I don't really want it to be kitschy or pastiche, but, but it's just, you know, it's definitely got a spooky vibe. But the songs are, you know, I mean, they're, they're not, we're not, it's not a dark sound. Uh, it's dark-ish, but, uh, I mean, I call it, I, I called it a long time ago death off because it's kind of, it, you know, it's, it comes from a dark place, but it, it's, an, it's meant to be cast. But it does have that tales from the crypt feel, but once again, it's a campy feel. It's not like you're looking at it's a snuff fun. film if you relate it to it's film. It's like you're looking at like tales from the crypt, something campy yeah. like that. It, it's, it's definitely meant to be, uh, celebratory and fun. You know, like we're not, we're, we're not, I mean, granted, some, I guess sometimes I'm working stuff out probably lyrically but the songs themselves are meant to be catchy and, and enjoyable you know like fun to listen yeah to. they absolutely uh, are like i said i drive d crazy playing them all the time but i, I was just kind of sorry, blown d. away from that interview no no it's cool now what did you say today d you were like um give me a couple aspirins i was like i'm going to tell alex you need aspirin listening to this i know music. right because well and i told him i was like no 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 i was going to ask you to get me a couple of aspirin when you got up but I didn't want to tell you until I thought you were getting up, and because you know, then you'd do it. Uh, and then he was like, These oh, from I'm like gonna... the four non-blondes world. Like she's got a hell of a set of pipes on her, and she's from music oh, nice. that you could sing along with. So when I'm blasting my like punk or like really underground hip hop, like if I can't understand technique. the words, I don't like it. But I can understand the words, so I'm just like bopping along and singing along sometimes, and yeah, it's all good. Alright, so where are we going here with Hex Dispensers? What are you guys doing next? I know you said you just got back from Japan and you don't, you haven't even really rehearsed. You don't have a lot going on. Um, is this something no. that you consider a steady band or is this like, hey, we'll do it when we fill it? Well, kind of describe what's going on with you guys. Um, it's kind of at the point now where it's we'll do it when we do it. Cause we've been around, we just had our 10 year anniversary and, uh, we, wow. We kinda, and how many original kinda, members left? Uh, there's two of us. Just Elise and I were the were the only original members. Right on. Yeah. Okay, so but, you said um it's your ten year reunion. Well, it's our ten year anniversary since we started. We, the band or anniversary, started, excuse me. The band, uh, funnily enough, the the band started on June sixth of two thousand six, which is six six six. Yeah, yeah, I read so, that. So yeah, and then so the and that was by design, right? You kind of waited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We could have probably more, but we we thought it would be funny to wait, and it worked out because you know we we became so like amazingly famous and rich from the band. So clearly the contract we struck was successful. I'm kidding. Yeah, I got that. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, the band is kind of, uh, we, we do it when we do it. It's not a, it's not a full time thing. We, we keep it, we keep the fires lit, but, uh, we don't, we don't play a lot. All right, is so it one of those things? Oh. oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Adele. I didn't know. Oh, I'm no, no. I was just, so is it one of those things if you guys get like get an itch or if you you know you guys come up with something that hey let's get together and work on this or is it just I think at this point we, you know that that to me that third album was kind of just like I I kind of think it's probably the last album we'll do. Um, oh, okay. But, but is that kind of I mean, like your swan song? Because that album is kind of a masterpiece. I mean, I listen to album. everything <laughs> you guys do, and that album, like I said earlier in the show, is infectious. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. That's. Uh, huge compliment uh i i don't know i mean I, maybe i'm not saying we wouldn't do another seven inch or another single or something but to me that okay. kind of wrapped it all it, that, as far as an album goes that that felt like it was it, you know we i'd done or we'd done as much as, as we could with this format you know what i mean like oh, I mean, okay to do, gotcha. it, it, it seems like we'd have to I, I, i'd like to do something another band 
and explore other stuff. I'd hate for the ex dispensers to evolve into this other beast that sounds completely different. It, it seems like they, it'd be better to just do another band. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. I can definitely understand show. that. I know I got pissed when like face to face went in this really odd direction and I understand yeah. pushing yourself musically, but when they kind of went into this direction where their whole sound changed, I was like, well, why don't you just rename the band and do something yeah, else? Yeah, exactly. We're, we're not going to pull it together. Well, yeah, so I definitely understand. Yeah. <laughs> go, go glam, you know. Or yeah, like you're not. Are you sure? From dark to glam. <laughs> All right. So well, let me get on this because it's something I'm interested in. Trying to get a little bit existential in the tapestry of your life. Do you feel like any everything's kind of been linear, where it's all been building up to one thing? Or do you see all your projects that you've done as these separate little creations? And that they're totally isolated from each other. Or do you see everything kind of led up to the Hex Dispensers? They led up to your career, you know, doing composition in movies, musical composition. Do you see everything as a whole or do you see them all as like little incidents? Um, I kind of both, really. You know, I mean, they're, 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 they're all, I don't know. I mean, that's, a, that's really existential. It's, I mean, we're all on one trajectory, right? You know, I mean, we're all, we're all headed I hope to so. the same, we're all headed to the same place, you know, and that's yep. the end of, of, of our existence. And so like every, everything, you know, you just, everything on the way is just, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't know how to answer that in a way that might satisfy you. Uh, because Do you look at it as like, Hey man, I'm really glad where I'm at because all these little things led me there. Or are you like, ah, I was kind of going to get here anyways. And these little things are just little oh, no. things that oh, I've no. done along the way. Yeah. No, I mean, every single, every single band that I've been in or person that I've played with have absolutely shaped who I am. Musically. Okay, that's what I'm trying you know, to get like, to. Yeah, yeah. Every, on my end. I've learned, I've learned so much from every single person I've ever played with. That's awesome. That is cool. Yeah. Alright, speaking of playing with, let's play some I Hope the Sun Explodes today. Um, and I was kind of disappointed when you said you guys don't ever, when you play out, play um, House of Secrets anymore, because that's actually my favorite song by you guys. <laughs> Thank you. But um, I hope the sun explodes today. Do you want to tell us anything about it before D hits the magic button? Uh, no, it's just you know it's a pretty uh, I guess you know that's it's pretty dark, it's pretty nihilistic uh, thematically. But uh, I don't know. I I uh, catchy songs about horrible things. It's kind of what what we do. Are you writing from like an outside observer view, or are you writing from like I'm internalizing it and letting the world see who I am and my darkest resources of Alex Cuervo? No, sometimes it's the it's like it's like a narrator you know like i'm telling to me the hex dispenser songs are kind of like short stories i kind of view i mean sometimes they're cathartic and they are like personal but a lot of the times i kind of view them as like an episode of the outer limits or the twilight zone they're just these little tiny stories you know uh hey that's kind of how i take it when i'm listening to them too oh cool nice well like I said, like the tales from the crypt, like these little anthologies, musical anthologies yeah. that you can listen that's, to and take them for what they're worth. Yeah, that's that's exactly the intention. So that's mission accomplished. Well, it is resonating. All right, D, hit it. Let's hear <laughs> some. I hope the sun explodes. Thank you. 
Yeah, I dare you not to fucking sing along. Yes. <laughs> yeah, but I have a little button that I can mute myself, so nobody knows. Oh, uh, were you, like, singing along in the background? Y- yeah, just See? a little bit. Just a little bit. All right, is Alex still with us? Yeah, I'm here. I'm, nice. I'm still here. Cool. Alex, can you walk away from doing live music, doing the Hex Dispensers, and just kind of immerse yourself in the movie composition world? Or do you need that balance of both of those to feel like creatively complete, for lack of a better term? Uh, to be honest, I don't really care about playing live anymore. I mean, I, it's, it's, it's fun when it happens, but I, I don't, it's not a need. Really? I don't, I don't no, nice. no. I mean, I'd be fine with still recording. Uh, mm-hmm. stuff like that like to me it's never been about live it's always been about writing and are you not getting that high off the crowd because i know when i used to play live like i looked like i, I wrote music to play live because i love the high of the crowd yeah and I, I i know a lot of people that that's their that's something that they find a lot of pleasure in but that's not mm-hmm. it's never really been the it's never been it for me it's been about the song. okay that's that's the most the absolute most important aspect of it has always been about the song. Playing live, I can take it or leave it, actually. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Uh-huh. Okay, well, let's shift gears here. I want to talk about um, sci-fi, because I know you're big into sci-fi and horror. And the other night we were watching Legion, and I was like, why don't they just do, like, an X-Men show? Because this is basically, like, an X-Men storyline. And I didn't notice, and Dee was like, well, actually, this is a Marvel production. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah, this yeah. is Professor X's son, Legion. And I didn't make that connection, even though the little X was in the zero at the title. And um, D, what did you tell me? Because I was like, well, none of these other characters are X-Men characters. Right. Well, and you kind of des- gave me the lowdown, gave me the sci-fi smackdown I on this did. information. Um, they decided to just take this particular character and use him all by himself like you know sometimes they do that you know they've got logan all by himself in a different movie or whatever but this actually happens in a universe that is aside from the x-men stuff um where the government has just now found out about mutant powers um so it's still relatively early but it's on. called um unreliable narrator right yes this is the style of storytelling is um is relatively new um, as far as mainstreaming it, I mean, it's been used before, you know, way back when, but not a whole lot, um, not a whole lot in, in the mainstream media. And the, it is called, uh, unreliable narrator, which basically means that the narrator, um, his credibility has been compromised. So he might be, uh, so the story could be totally disc, like conjoined, and you could have bits could. and pieces, yeah, because of things could. that aren't real or aren't following the story. Yeah, it could have that's a, what I got a really from big the, twist. The first episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It could have a really big twist, or um, the the narrator. And this isn't Shyamalan twist. This no. is like the narrator's just bonkers. Twist. Or or the narrator's lying or delusional or admits themselves in this particular case admits themselves to being mentally ill. Which at least that's what we think is that um, the character is mentally ill, and that's how he's portrayed for for a lot of it. Um, and usually, it kind of if there is any revelation, it waits till the very end. Um, but it, it's it's kind of up to us ah. as to whether. Well, usually, but um, it's kind of up to us to try to decipher and decide how much we're going to believe. Yeah, I have enough decisions to make in life. I don't want to have know, to decide right? what a movie actually means. Alex, yeah, I was I looking it. at your IMDb. Um, I know that you're kind of more in this world than me and Odell is. Do you like this whole new genre of like unreliable narrator, or does this feel like a cheat? Or is this something that's so meta that I'm not just get I'm not understanding it because it's so meta. Uh, I think I mean I'm I think it's great I think it's really cool but there's a lot of stories that are told through this device that uh you know Fight Club is told that way uh, yeah Fight Club oh, is yeah, technically yeah, an unreliable narrator. Uh, well, Fight, off, the Fight Club has a payoff at the end though right? Yeah well it's got yeah, the twist. I mean, there's, yeah. I mean, your results will vary depending on the people making the, the, the creative work, you know? That's and you point. already That's know David point. Fincher yeah. like you know Shyamalan. Like, you already know what he's about. So you know going into Fight Club or Panic Room or any of those things, what to expect. 
this Legion thing, I was just like, okay, some of this is like looks like the '60s, some of it looks like the '90s. I, Odell, is this something that you think is like really cool because they're really pushing the envelope, or does it just seem gimmicky? Because to me, I'm sorry, it seems gimmicky. <laughs> no, I, I I think it's um, I, I like it. Um, I haven't really seen it too much on TV shows, more so than in movies where true that things are wrapped. Yeah, things are wrapped up in in two hours, hour and a half, or whatever. So you get like Fight Club, for example, phenomenal movie. But that threw me for a loop. Uh, you know, at the, when you realize what's going on. Did you on, know it was um, Professor X's kid from the OnStar? Because I didn't know till after we watched the first episode. Indeed, Google. No, no, I had no clue. Um, I I had it was one of those things where I had to go back and look look it up. Um, I knew I noticed it was. I mean, he had like a lot of the. You know, he has the same mental. Uh, powers oh, or capabilities that, stuff. yeah, yeah. So, but no, I didn't know. I knew Marvel was doing it, um, because uh, and the only reason I knew this is because they were pushing it. Uh, they would play like the Avengers or Captain America or something else before they would play the TV show. So it was like, uh, you know, Marvel, 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 and then also oh, here's our new show. I didn't Marvel. make that connection. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, Linus, uh, uh, my seven year old, which is sad my seven-year-old son realized that before <laughs> our seven-year-olds our kids are so much smarter than us. <laughs> yeah he was, like that. <laughs> he was like that he was like that i think this is a marvel show and i was like why do you say so and he was like well they keep showing um the one they kept showing the commercial for logan two they kept showing all the 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 show uh, past movies and then um maybe and I was if like, we had right. tablets at two years old we would have like that brain <laughs> process <laughs> oh, God, our kids are so smart we're they obviously are. Kids are crazy. So, um, Alex, do you feel like, uh, do you understand, like, I'm watching this and I don't want to have to sit through 12 or 14 episodes, whatever cable TV is for the payoff. Like, it's fine in a David Fincher film, but I don't want to have to sit through, like, the big Shyamala shock at the end or whatever. Uh, I mean, you know, I guess I mean, I'm not that patient. On if, you're, if you're into that sort of thing. I'm, I'm on board. I actually haven't watched Legion yet. I purchased the entire season, uh, but I haven't had time to sit down and watch it. I love Noah Hawley, uh, and uh, yeah. I think uh, the cast is really great. I'm really excited to see it, but I, I haven't seen any of it yet. Oh, you'll um, love it. It's I, I'm, so good. I'm totally on board with this show. I'm, I'm bummed that I'm behind on it right now, but uh, <laughs> Noah Hawley, I mean, I loved uh, the Fargo series. I thought it was yeah, incredible. Fargo. Oh, yeah. So, it was awesome. Do you like how yeah. Breaking Bad kind of broke that ceiling and now you're doing like, it's almost cinematic what they're doing on television now. Cause a lot of times we'll watch something and like we'll watch Taboo and it'll be our magicians and the episode will be like an hour and a half long. And I'm like, my God, I feel like I just watched a movie. Yeah. yeah well, Taboo is that's like another, really up in its game compared to movies itself. Right. That's another great, that's another great show. <laughs> what Taboo or magicians? Taboo. Yeah. Yeah. Both? It's, it's insane. I mean, hello. All three of them, great shows. I'm loving them. Yeah, there's so many good shows. It's, it's impossible to keep up with how many good shows there are. But it's great because, you know, you don't have to, like, suffer a show that you don't love because you're going to... Exactly. If you, you know, you'll find one that you love. There's plenty of really high-quality TV being made But it's right almost now. too much, right? Like, I was... um, I said on a show a while back, I found a new show I liked that was, like, four episodes in. And I was like, oh, I found a show and I love it. And I'm not happy. I'm pissed off. Because now it's another <laughs> fucking show I have to follow. Yeah. Like, who has time? There's so much great content being generated on Netflix, on Hulu, on Amazon, yeah. and on television yeah. where you can go on demand and just kind of catch up. Like, well, it's almost overwhelming. Well, Nick, if you look problems, at it. Man. Yep, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, Nick, if you look at it, the, the shows that are coming. like so ashamed. Alex just shamed me with my first problem. <laughs> No, the the good thing with having like Netflix and Hulu making their own shows is that it's actually pushing the envelope for TV to make really good shows because yeah. people, you know, people will leave that and be like, you know what, I don't need cable anymore. I can just go over here and purchase this yeah. and watch, like, you know, watch the season or whatever. Now you're getting big time celebrities, big time movie stars, quote unquote doing tv shows like when like when taboo came out at first when i first saw it i was like it was like oh, featuring tom hardy i'm like oh he'll probably be in like an episode or something more he's you know behind the scenes and then all of a sudden it's like 
No, he's actually in it and in it. Yeah, like, he's the main you know, Yeah, his dad wrote it. I think was it, his dad wrote it, and then and he's, um, you know, starring in it. I was like, man. Yeah, my so. friend Mindy put a picture up of him, like, in some savage fight scene, and he was almost completely naked, like, loincloth, savage looking. I was like, <laughs> dude, I can't stop staring at his belly button. Like, I feel like if his belly button is an Audi. <laughs> This would totally <laughs> negate the whole savage look of him. Like, this is all pending on his belly button being an indie. But that's just me. I'm a fucking weirdo. But yeah, it is, it is weird from a sci-fi perspective how you look at Star Trek, like, next generation. Like, I remember I was living in California when that came out. And I was like, man, this is, like, really breaking ground. Because it's done in such a slick way. And the subject matter, it, it like, it challenges you to think. And then yeah. I look at Star Trek now, and I'm like, man, this is like – it's like that scene in Back to the Future where uh, Michael J. Fox plays that video game in Back to the Future 2, and they're like, you have to use your hands? Like, I feel so <laughs> like a Neanderthal <laughs> just for thinking that way because it's like really TV has upped its game since then. And, Alex, you are part of that world. I mean, are you under stress to, like, constantly push the envelope to produce? I mean, I know you're on the music production side of it, but you've got to be feeling that, like, it is time to, like, really up our game from project to oh, project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would love, man, I would love nothing more than to land a TV series to be, you know, but I'm away. I'm still, probably still a few years away from that, but that, I mean, there's so much great stuff being made. And TV work is is from a composer standpoint, it's really stressful. It's really fast turnaround, and and uh, yeah. it's it's really really. Are you intense. being dictated by ratings in that world, or do you have a lot of creative like um, free range to do what you want, or is it all like this is the template you have to go by because ratings? No, I think the showrunner is basically you know the, the, everybody just looks to the showrunner, and if it's if it's a show with a really kick-ass showrunner that's proven themselves or, you know, it's, it's uh, maybe been behind the scenes and kind of coming up to, to do their own show. And, uh, then, then it's, you know, that'll dictate whether it's, it's a lucrative project or not. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Yeah, but it is incredible. And like Breaking Bad and Walking Dead, I think Walking Dead came after Breaking Bad. Um, but yes. Breaking yeah. Bad really broke those boundaries. I remember I, I jumped in like second season and I was like, I don't understand what I'm seeing because I'm not used to seeing this on TV. Yeah. And it was yeah. almost hard to process. And you came back every week and you're like, like, what are they, what twist and turn are they going to have this week? Because I'm used to everything being tied up in a nice little bow at the end of the yeah. half hour with the fucking cleavers yeah. or whatever. Like I'm in still an <laughs> outline frame. And then Breaking Bad is like this, like his like um, chemistry teacher is making meth in his basement to cure, like have money for his cancer treatment. Like it was, you know, there's an old story where the pilgrims, when they would come to shore, you know, when people were coming over here, the Native Americans would see people just kind of walking out of thin air onto shore. Because their brains, and D, you've read these stories, where their brains weren't developed enough to understand what ships were. Like, they couldn't process that there were these things called ships. So they would basically see, like, these pilgrims walking out of the air. And I think, like, with so much going on in this society right now, like, for being in our mid-40s, we're playing catch-up. Where it's like, man, or, or, like, we are taking so many twists and turns politically, entertainment-wise, culturally. Like, it's almost mm -hmm. hard for us to keep up. I mean, do you, you guys, and I was surprised, Alex, to find out you're the same age as us. Are you guys having <laughs> that same problem? Is this oldism where I'm having this problem, like, just trying to catch up with the kids? I, well, I know. Oh, go ahead. I'll stop. No, no, no. Please, go, go ahead. No, I, 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 it's one of those things. I don't know if it's playing catch up or if it's, it, things do, I, I think it, it does amaze me. Um, but, um, for example, you're, you know, you were talking about Breaking Bad. Well, I remember, Watching, I was a big fan of um, Six Feet Under. Um, and that was groundbreaking. I think Rain Wilson. That was, was groundbreaking play. because, yeah, because the the crazy thing about that story was, you know, it it always started with the death of some random person, but the, it it was always like the craziest thing. It was like you know a guy jogging and you know in the mountains and he but that was like for a HBO, second. like or yeah, Cinemax. yeah, I know, or I think it was, was it, it HBO. Was, or it was HBO. Yeah, so you HBO. expected that. 
from a pay channel, yeah. but it was like mind boggling when it came on like AMC. Well, well, with AMC, well, the beauty of it, I mean, if you look at AMC now, it, uh, you know, they always show movies and they always, but it's, I think it's the freedom that they have now too, because cable, I mean, it's cable. So you're, you, the, they're, they have more freedom than they did, I guess, years ago, if, if, if from what I'm seeing, because I'm watching, you know, normal movies on AMC and, and, and TBS and, um, FX and those type of channels. And they're, you know, they're dropping F-bombs and cursing and doing whatever. And I'm like, whoa, you know, my kids are here. You know, I'm, it's the middle of the afternoon. And it's like that Simpsons episode where Marge is like, Fox turned into a soft porn channel. So gradually we never noticed. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> it's it. It's exactly and, uh, like that. It's weird, though, right, D, that magicians will say, like, instead of saying fucking, they'll say fucking. And they'll, like, kind yeah. of, like delete the you from the word as if that's fooling anybody yeah but then they say other stuff and there's like sex in it like yeah. almost nudity or whatever i'm like really this is softcore porn with most of the cussing except for fuck yes we yeah. like and even bob's burger says son of a bitch like, I'm I just, like well that's like music on the radio too i mean they try to edit and you're like why are you editing it you know it's like, everybody knows know what, what the word said. is dude like, VH, you're just trying you know yeah, they're trying to game, like, they're trying to game the FCC. That's kind of the only. I mean, they, if they could just come out and say it, they would. But they've got to like they've got to skirt around these like ridiculous, you know, like exactly. puritanical standards. You know, uh, that is yep. absolutely right. You know, I was watching so uh, VH1 a few years ago, and I don't know if it's the same. And they were banning words like gun and any like Vicodin, and an Eminem video came on. And it had so many beeps in it, it sounded like fucking Morris Code. It was like, yo, yeah. beep, 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 and uh, beep, beep. I was like, why are you even playing this video? You've censored out like 80% of the words. I don't yeah, understand yeah. the point of you even playing this video. I feel like I should grab a pen and start like, you know, navigating, deciphering fucking Morris Code. I can't even understand what he's saying. Anyways, all right, we got to wrap this up. It's after nine o'clock. Alex, it has been a pleasure to talk to you. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, man. We've been kind of cutting in and out here. Where can everybody find all things um, Hex Dispenser and everything you're working on? And I know your webpage has a lot of your original music on it as well. Yeah, so you can go to thehexdispensers.com and that'll that'll take you, that'll zap you over to the Bandcamp page if you want to hear those albums and stuff. Uh, and then my personal website is alexquervo.net. Uh, I guess Espectrostatic is on at Bandcamp. Sorry, I butchered that name. I know I did. Oh no, no! It's, uh, it's, <laughs> he butchers actually, every name. It's it's pretty it's pretty common. Uh, um, it happens a lot. Let me ask you this: on your way out the door, you know, when I look back at things that I've done, and I know Adele probably feels the same way. It's all about passing things on, right? It's about legacy, and it's weird when I meet people who are like, "I'm dead. I don't care what anybody thinks of me." People could come like spit on my grave. Fuck it. Like, is it about legacy to you? Like, is it like, man, I want to leave something for my kids? I mean, my proudest moment is when I can, like, pull up an even Steven video and show it to my daughter. You know what I'm saying? It's like, hey, this is what dad did. This is what I was about. Go out there and blaze your own trail and, like, you know, let the world know who you are. Do you kind of have that mind frame? Because you've done so much. Like I said, I was, like, a dumbass who was like, he's just a guy in hex dispensers. And I dug into your background. And I was like, holy fuck, this guy's running circles around anything I've ever done. Holy shit, man. He's out there hustling and doing shit. Like, does legacy matter to you? Or is it just a situation where it's like, hey, man, I'm just doing good work and that's all I care about? Uh, I don't know. I mean, to me, it, it, I'd, I'd be lying if I didn't. Ego, you know, is a factor in, in creativity. And of course, you want to be known or recognized or remembered for something that you did. But ultimately, it just kind of comes down to day to day. And it just feels really fucking good to work really hard on making something and then seeing it like, you know, done. Seeing it Are you a perfectionist? Um, it depends. It's situational. You know, sometimes sometimes I'm, I have the luxury of being able to be a perfectionist and sometimes I don't. Right. And sometimes, you know, hex dispenser stuff, it's not really, um, you know, the, we can't, we can't get it perfect. It wouldn't sound right. You know, it's got to be a little rough around the edges. It's got to be garage sounding. Yeah. It's got to, it's got to have some, some imperfections that are natural. When you try to mm -hmm. fake imperfections, it sounds goofy and inauthentic. You know, uh, I mean, it, but, you know, it, it's better to, it's better to just not sweat 
polish to me, but you know, by my aesthetic sensibilities, I kind of don't obsess about polish. Um, but I, I do, I am a perfectionist about like, you know, the, the rhythm that lyrics are sung at, you know, so it, it just varies from person to person. What do you do if you're disappointed in something? Do you scrap it or do you say, Hey, this was this, this was Alex at this point of like time at this era. I'm going to put it out. I'm going to let it speak for itself. Or are you like, Oh no, like this isn't up to my standard, like totally scrap it. No, I don't really scrap anything. I'm pretty efficient. I'll cannibalize it. and I'll reuse like, if there's a song from an old band that I, I don't love, but there's a couple lyrical lines or a piece of a riff, I'll just reuse it later down the line and something else. Uh, ah, that's interesting. I, I, so you don't mind bringing something you've done previously. You don't feel like it's a cheat. Because I was always like, oh, I, I, like, I was obsessive about, if I had a thought in 1992, I can't bring it into something I'm doing in 1994. And that's just no, my hangout. But you never felt like that was a cheat. You like you were like, hey, I created this. I'm bringing it with me. Yeah, I'm shameless. I'll totally cannibalize my own stuff constantly. I've, I mean, I could, I could show you this one, probably a, a couplet of lines that have been in like I don't know four or five different songs in different bands. I've just reused them over. In fact, I've, Sun Explodes today has lines in it that have been in two other songs on two other releases. Wow different different bands uh because i just those never really did anything those never really reached what i what i kind of hoped and i like those lines so i just kept reusing them until they worked they fit you know perfectly in something oh that's smart um i take it back odell we did kind of redo train wreck as fbi guy so i i can't say i've never done that right did we lose odell okay all right well hey, i'm uh, here Hello. <laughs> no, no, I was saying like we have kind. Of, I have kind of brought old things in because we did kind of reuse Trainwreck and revamp it in FBI guy. Yeah, yeah, and well, I think a lot of cheese stuff. days. Yeah, I think a lot of people. I mean, I know I've <laughs> been in bands that, especially if I've played in bands with um, the same people, just maybe a couple other people are maybe different, and then. We'll play something and we'll sort of give each other that look like, yeah, that was in the old. Like you know, from playing with Dorsey, (laughs) Dorsey was a real stickler on that about bringing in old stuff. Yeah, but now he was a real perfectionist on that stuff. Yeah, but he's and it's funny because as he's gotten older, he's more chill on that because the band that I play with him in now, he's all about you know we we actually do songs from an old band that I was in. Really? um, Yeah, and he's he's absolutely cool with it. Yeah. All righty, let's wind this up. Alex, I want to thank you so much for calling in. It was a pleasure. I got to tell you, man, Hex Dispensers, and I went back and listened to some of your other bands. The Your writing style, there is no way not to be hooked. Yeah. Oh, man, thank <laughs> you. That's very kind of you to say thank you. So, I mean, but you're doing a service, right? I mean, you're going out there, and, like, I'm listening to your stuff, and then I'm inspired, and that's what it's all about, right? You're pushing the dominoes. And then I'm like, well, I got to get this guy on, on our show. <laughs> to kind of like talk about this and what his perspective is on this. And that's what it's all about. It's kind of like a musical pay it forward. So we're all part of the process, right? Yeah. Well, we're all in this fucking mess together. Yeah, it is a fucking mess. Exactly. Exactly. That's the flow to the evening. (laughs) All righty. Alex, thank you so much for calling in. Um, Thank you for having me. Two weeks with the Friendship Commanders. Um, Dee, do you want to play... Some more hex dispensers. What do we got lined up here? We got House of Secrets. House of Secrets, my there favorite song, actually. Yep. I can't not groove to the song. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thank you so All much. Right,
out. I never stayed to the end of a song. But I've heard them so many times, but I love this song. Good night, guys. From the Saucy One and D and Odell.